Hello, and welcome to Listen, I Made a Hat. I'm your host, Sheila O'Neill, and in this episode, we'll be discussing the critical responses to Sondheim's work, and how those responses have influenced and reacted to Sondheim's career. Sondheim's relationship with the Broadway critics began with a whimper. The critical response to West Side Story was largely positive, but Sondheim's contribution tended to be ignored. Between Bernstein's innovative score and Robin's revolutionary choreography, and the fact that both of them were big names in the theater to begin with, Sondheim and his lyrics got lost in the shuffle. But critics or no critics, Sondheim had his name on a hit, and he went on to work on two more successful shows, Gypsy and A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Forum had a rough patch with its out-of-town run, but by the time it got to New York, it was fixed and ready to go. All three of Sondheim's first shows were popular at the box office and well-received by the critics. They were even all successful enough to have film adaptations made of them, although the quality of the films is questionable. But the streak of hits came to a halt with Sondheim's fourth Broadway show, Anyone Can Whistle. Despite the wonderful score and the talented Angela Lansbury, the experimental musical was too much for the Broadway of 1964 to handle. Whitney Bolton of the Morning Telegraph wrote that, quote, If anyone can whistle as a success, the American musical theater will have advanced itself and prepared the way for further breakdown of now old and worn techniques and points of view, unquote. But most critics and audiences were happy with the old techniques and came to a musical to forget society's problems, not confront them. The show closed after only nine performances. After reading the reviews, Sondheim remembers that he, quote, expected to feel devastated. Instead, I only felt disappointment, unquote. He was disappointed that so few people would get to see a show that he had loved writing so much. But he didn't let the flop keep him down for long. While his next venture, writing the lyrics for Do I Hear a Waltz, wasn't the pride of his career, the 70s were just around the corner. Starting with Company in 1970, Sondheim teamed up with director Hal Prince to create a string of amazing shows, including Follies, A Little Night Music, Pacific Overtures, and Sweeney Todd. Each show had the elusive combination of being both experimental and popular. The critics admired the risks taken and the new territory being explored, and the public, often averse to intellectual musicals, actually came to see these shows. Some of the shows lost money, but Sondheim and Prince were certainly living comfortably, having their cake and eating it too as they lived off their work without sacrificing artistic merit. But what goes up must come down, and the Sondheim-Prince years plummeted back to earth with Merrily We Roll Along. The show had a myriad of problems that resulted in a run of only 16 performances. The critics pounced on the team. Sondheim was so discouraged by their reaction that he seriously considered leaving Broadway, and although he did continue writing musicals, his partnership with Hal Prince was damaged beyond repair. Sondheim has since referred to the theatrical community as a myth. New York Times drama critic Frank Rich once said of Sondheim, quote, Mixed or negative reviews are one thing, but the vicious personal animosity that has dogged him for much of his career is another, unquote. Sondheim quickly gained a reputation as both a revolutionary figure and an intellectual in musical theater. That Sondheim could be both these things without starving for his art bothered many in the theater. Some saw his complex, intelligent scores as an attack against the hummable show tune. Some didn't understand the shows. Some didn't care to. For these and other reasons, the theatrical establishment certainly gave Sondheim an uphill battle to fight. But time has been Sondheim's greatest weapon against criticism. As time goes by, both critics and audiences understand and appreciate Sondheim's work more and more. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum had some harsh critics during its original run, but several of them seemed to have warmed up to the show by the time it was revived a decade later. 
The same phenomenon occurred in 1990 and 2004 with the original production and revival of Assassins. There are several reasons why time heals all this criticism. First, the same complaint gets thrown at many of Sondheim's shows in their original runs, so often, in fact, that it's become a cliché, a critic calling a Sondheim song unhummable. There's not a tune you can hum. There's not a tune you go bump, 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 it hum. You need a tune to go bump, 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 it hum. Give me a melody. The reason that revivals become immune to this attack is simple. Audiences will hum what is familiar. When a show first appears, the tunes seem strange. But when it comes back years later, audiences know what to expect and are better able to appreciate it. Repetition is also helpful for Sondheim shows because the material is often smart and complex. Listening to the songs and seeing the shows multiple times can be helpful if their full meaning doesn't sink in the first time. Furthermore, there's the fact that the shows themselves actually change over time. The theater is a living art. Shows can change drastically from production to production, and not only is Sondheim generous in giving companies permission to stage experimental interpretations of his work, he will also often go back and make changes to the work itself. Merrily We Roll Along failed for many reasons, and they weren't all superficial. After the original production, Sondheim and George Firth made several changes to the script and songs. New songs were written, cut songs were brought back, old songs were tweaked and moved about until the show was finally fixed. A London revival of Merrily in 2012 received critical acclaim, several awards, and was filmed and broadcast to cinemas internationally. Sondheim has also written new songs like Ah But Underneath for a revival of Follies, Farewell for a revival of Forum, Beggar Woman's Lullaby for a revival of Sweeney Todd, and Something Just Broke for a revival of Assassins. Something just broke. I was down at the exchange. Something just made a little dent. I'd been shopping. I'd been sick. Something just broke. All I know it was a Friday. Only for a moment. I exactly. Writing about that particular revival, Frank Rich observed, quote, It's not the show that has changed so much as the world, unquote. Perhaps there's something to that. People accuse Sondheim's work of being too cold, too sad, too dark. But what they're really reacting to is the ambiguity. Sondheim works with characters who feel more than one emotion at a time. They're sorry grateful. They're excited and scared. They have a lot in between in the meanwhile. And as the world seems to get more complicated and the gray areas of society are put in the limelight, maybe that ambiguity becomes more comforting and relatable. Assassins didn't make it to Broadway at all in 1990, but in 2004 the revival won five Tony Awards. Times change. Of course, the Tony Awards might not be a perfect metric to measure the success of a show, but that doesn't make them meaningless. As Hal Prince's assistant producer Annette Myers pointed out, quote, It's good to know just where the awards stand. Their value is important when you don't think of them as ego boosters, but as box office helpers. Unquote. Wherever the awards stand, there's no denying that Sondheim has quite a few of them. He's won eight Tony Awards, which is more than any other composer, an Oscar for Best Song, a Pulitzer Prize for Drama, and a Presidential Medal of Freedom, among others. But Sondheim's view of awards is that the timing is the reverse of what would be helpful. When an artist is young and uncertain, awards can be very encouraging, but are rarely awarded. Now that he's older, Sondheim is showered in so many Lifetime Achievement Awards that they tend to lose their meaning. To some, myself included, God is a perfectly acceptable way to refer to Stephen Sondheim. God. I mean, the man's a god. Wrote the score to Sweeney Todd. With a nod to decide. Well, he's odd. Well, he's god. god. 
There is a large and devoted community of fans who find comfort, wit, and wisdom in Sondheim's work and are enthusiastic in their appreciation. But being deemed a deity can be a double-edged sword. The dark side of the accolades is that they come with high expectations. Sondheim has found these expectations somewhat stressful and difficult to live up to, especially as old age makes his work process slower. Roadshow, for instance, is a wonderful musical comedy, but if you go into the theater expecting something on the same level as Sunday in the Park with George, you're going to be disappointed with the Meisner Brothers' comparatively modest story. Thankfully, these pressures have never stopped Sondheim from creating. Critics may have discouraged him, they may have cut a show's run short here or there, but they have never affected the songwriter's pioneering spirit. Sondheim has never responded to criticism by dumbing down his work or taking the formulaic way out. Love him or hate him, there's no denying that Sondheim's body of work is incredibly varied and that each of his shows brings something new to the stage. Sondheim isn't looking to copy anybody's work. Not even his own. Thank you for listening. This has been Listen, I Made a Hat. You can find us online at listenimadeahat.com. I'm your host, Sheila O'Neill, and you can learn more about me at SheilaO'Neill.com. Join us on March 1st when we'll be discussing Sondheim's writing process. And the quote of the day is, Be nice, George. You have to pay a price, George. They like to give advice, George. Don't think about it twice, George.